Hey there, and thanks for joining me as I show up to give you powerful, practical, quick, and kingdom tools for you to go out there and live your best life, to show up every day as the best, healthiest, fullest version of yourself, and to live a joyful, abundant, and destiny-filled life. You know, sometimes I might talk about things I've learned, being a wife, a mom, a sister, friend, pastor, mentor, a mentee, a human being. I might share a ridiculous story, and there are some ridiculous stories from my own journey, my successes, and the not so much. I might unpack practical tips and relationship tools. I might encourage you, challenge you, make you laugh, make you cry, and maybe some days it will be all of the above. The point is, I'm really excited, and I hope you are too. So grab your coffee, sit down with me, Danielle Steinspring, and let's start living. Well, hey there, and welcome back to the Hey There podcast. Hey, if you've been hanging with me from the very beginning, then you might remember that when I first started the Hey There podcast, I would share with you each episode where I was podcasting from. So there were a few unique places like the floor of my closet. That's where it all began. I was I was recording in the closet because it was quiet and the clothes absorbed the echo and the sound and my family wouldn't find me in there. And that's where it all began. And then sometimes I was in the bedroom and sometimes I was in our office, which in those episodes you, you constantly are hearing my kids come in and out or the dog barking. And some episodes I was recording in our front yard. That was a special time. There was lots of background noise, uh, people mowing their lawns and the noise of the I-4 interstate and all kinds of special things like that. I've recorded lots of episodes at my mom's house, but today, today is a new day. (laughs) Today I am somewhere new. Let me tell you what happened. (laughs) So I... I have uh, a day in my week set aside for recording and Andy really helps me to to make that space. So he he watches the kids and I get to go away and focus on the Hey There podcast and the brand and some of the things that we're working on for the future. And today's that day. Well, I decided to use a little portion of my day to go and get my nails done. And you know what? Sometimes a little self-care is part of my work day and that is just how it needs to be. So I I was going to go get my nails done and I walked in and they're not taking walk-ins right now because of COVID. So appointment only. So I asked, when could I get on their schedule for today? And they said, well, actually we have an opening in about 30 minutes. So I said, okay, well, 30 minutes isn't long enough to go do anything or go take care of anything or go accomplish anything. So I am in my car in the parking lot of this very busy shopping center with my computer open next to me and a microphone in my hand. And so you may hear the humming of the engine in the background. You may hear my air conditioning blowing. You may hear doors of cars beside me closing and opening. Uh, There's a Starbucks in this parking lot. So I will certainly be heading to Starbucks uh, before I go back in for my appointment. But right now I'm in a parking lot. In fact, I'm going to snap a picture right now so that when I publish this episode, you guys will see exactly what I'm doing. 
There you go. All right. The picture has been taken. Well, guys, today I just want a few quick minutes with you to talk about why I'm so passionate about emotional health, about managing our internal world, about relational health, about mental health, um, all of these things. And the reason is because I believe as kingdom believers, it's important that we are on the forefront of all of these conversations, that we actually are the healthiest people on the planet. Why? Because then we're the most effective people on the planet. Then we have a voice in the conversation. Then we get to be a resource for other people who are looking for health, who are looking for function, who are looking for abundance. You see, when we're healthy and we're therefore living our most abundant lives, people want to be like us. Not only do they want to be like us, they want to be with us. And I want to talk to you for just a second today about how I think the church for a long time has really done a disservice by taking conversations like emotional health, relational health, mental health off the table. You see, I think for so long, it's been just pray, just love God, just read the Bible. And those things are so critical. I think they are absolutely the most critical. And and my relationship with God is the center of why I do everything, how I do everything. It, it literally is just the lifeblood of my entire life. It's the most important thing. And there are tools in his word for living the most prosperous, abundant, healthy lives. But for some reason the church hasn't really talked about it. So I believe it's important in this, this season that we're in. And I'm talking, I'm talking big season. I'm not talking like this week or this month. I think, I think we're on the precipice of the church being one of the most vocal entities about these things that we are learning. We are remembering, we are returning to our original design. And, and like I've shared with you before, I believe our original design was meant to be one of, um, freedom and responsibility, that we would be free and that we would also be responsible, that we would be responsible with uh, managing ourselves, with our emotions, with our relationships, with our mental health, with our self-care, with our boundaries, that we would be responsible people with our finances. How about with our bodies and our nutrition and our health? These are the conversations these are the topics that that kingdom believers need to be in the forefront of. That reconciliation, that racial reconciliation is a conversation that we need to be having, willing to have, and standing up to have. And that is why this little piece, the piece that God has given me to run with, is something that I'm so super crazy passionate about. I want to see a people so alive, so connected to their own hearts, so passionate about their own dreams, so alive with what God is doing inside of them, so connected to their emotions and to their people and to the world around them that we can be just the most on fire, effective, abundant, healthy version of ourselves. Because you see, the church isn't going to change the world if we're emotionally unintelligent. (laughs) 
if we can't conquer our own internal dysfunction. The Lord is looking for ambassadors and people who can give the world the answers that they need, which is why we should be the healthiest people on the planet. And instead of me saying, be healthy, what I'm actually saying is, let's talk about it. Let's start talking about the equipment, the emotional intelligence, willing to invite Jesus right into our humanity. Instead of trying to beat it out of us, inviting him in, recognizing, you know what, that he actually experienced humanity before you did. In fact, what's different about how Jesus experienced humanity and how we experienced humanity is that he shows us how to be human and stay connected with the Father always. I am learning how to stay connected to the Father in the midst of my very weak humanity, in the midst of anger, in the midst of overwhelm, in the midst of stress, in the midst of all of these big things. What Jesus showed me how to do is how to stay connected to the Father, even in those weak and frail moments, because he experienced humanity before I did, coming fully man to show me how he put on flesh and experienced what I experienced, but stayed connected to the heart of the Father at all times. And that's what I believe we need to be learning to do as a church, and I think it's what the church is coming awake to talking about it, having the conversations, giving people the equipment, equipping the saints for the work of the ministry. I believe we need to be relationally intelligent. You know, family houses revival. You are found by a father, but you are formed by a family. The whole world is looking for a family, looking for something bigger than themselves to connect to. But the church too often has been preaching the good news of adoption and of family and of not being orphans. And we're inviting people to join into this family, but yet we're bickering, we're arguing, we're passive aggressive. We have divisive aunts and dysfunctional uncles and cousins and siblings who can't get it together. And I think we need to be equipping each other with the relational tools to be powerful in relationship, to show up, to have boundaries to learn how to do these things really, really well so that when the world looks at the church, they don't see dysfunctional relationship. They see people who love each other really well. They see people who have the difficult conversations and come out okay. They see people who disagree and are still connected to each other. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something if that was the church that we all knew that the church could really actually handle and have the capacity for disagreement? Wouldn't that be something? (laughs) Here, here's a little sidebar. I actually had a conversation with um, a friend of mine that I'm very close to yesterday, and we really disagree on something. We were having a pretty serious disagreement. You know, we weren't fighting, we weren't arguing, but we definitely have different viewpoints on something. And we were having this conversation and I said, you know what I love? I love that we are bonded by choice and not agreement, that we get to choose our connection, choose our relationship and choose each other, even though we disagree and we may never agree. And our relationship is not about getting one person to our side to agree with each other. Our relationship is actually about powerfully choosing each other, regardless of whether or not we agree on something, because choice is a stronger bond than agreement. What if that was the church we lived in? 
What if that was the world we lived in today? Sounds like a dream. Let's be the people who carry that culture, who carry the culture of choice, of choosing each other, of powerful relationship. Let's be that people because that is attractive and it's countercultural today. I believe that the church is waking up to health, that we are waking up and recognizing that we need to be the most relationally functional people on the planet. We should be carrying the culture of heaven everywhere I go. So what do I mean? What do I mean by the culture of heaven? Well, the culture of heaven looks like love. It looks like Jesus. It looks like the fruit of the spirit in action, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. It looks like those things in action in everything we think, do, say, how we love each other, how we choose each other, how we love ourselves. Hello, that's a topic for another day. (laughs) Hang on to that one. That's the culture of heaven. The culture of heaven is one that looks like Jesus. How does he love? How does he do boundaries? How does he do relationship? How does he do self-love, self-care? We didn't invent self-care. I know it's really buzzy right now, but we didn't invent it. Jesus actually did that really well. (laughs) You know why? Because he stayed connected to the Father. Spoiler alert. (laughs) Anyway, I believe we need to be the most emotionally healthy. It's not just about being okay and keeping it all together, but it's about showing people where we go when we don't have it all together. It's about showing people what to do when we're falling apart, because that's very much a human thing to experience. You know, Jesus had this beautifully, radically broken human moment in the Garden of Gethsemane where he's crying out and showing us what it looks like to experience total turmoil and emotional distress. Our our Sunday school version of Jesus was never distressed. He was never emotional. He never experienced emotion. (laughs) No, he actually was incredibly distressed. Hello, he was sweating blood. I've never been so emotionally distressed that blood was seeping out of my pores. But he did. And the difference between his emotional distress and my own is that mine often leads me to sin, but his always led him to the Father. Let that sink in. My emotional distress sometimes leads me to make choices that are not good or healthy for my life. (laughs) They are not beneficial for me. And they sometimes lead me down paths that lead to sin or, or shame or brokenness. But when he had those moments, he went straight to the heart of the Father. It's powerful stuff. So often, we're not dealing with our own emotional dysregulation for so long that when we do, it's a rat's nest that needs untangling along with all the shame and the lies and the consequences that we're suffering from the sin that may have been introduced because of our feelings. But Jesus kept his emotions on short account. He took everything to the Father. He was always leaning into the voice of the Spirit inside of him. He kept it on short account. It wasn't a rat's nest. It never got out of control. It never led to shame and lies and consequences. He always kept his emotions on short account and dealt with them right there. Processing. 
Hello, Emotional Processing, episode two and three, I think. Check it out. (laughs) He cares so deeply about our soul. You know, the word calls him the lover of our soul. He loves it. Not just our spirit. Our spirits are strong. Our spirits are healthy. I believe that the church has done this really well. We focus a lot on our spirit, but we can't have anemic souls. And I believe the church is waking up truly to the full picture of trifecta health. And trifecta health is a word that you hear Andy and I talk about a lot. It's what we're passionate about. It's what we're going after. It's what we feel like the Lord has called us to. And trifecta health is healthy soul. That's your mind, your will, and your emotions. Healthy body. It's talking about fitness and nutrition and taking care of ourselves and medicine and function, all of those things, and our healthy spirits, always being connected to the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit inside of us, recognizing our spiritual health is so critical. It's those things. And you know what? I'm going to end with this today, guys. Melissa Helser, one of my absolute favorite worship leaders, songwriters. You know, I feel like she's one of those people that if she would just meet me, if we could just meet, we'd be best friends. She is just, I don't know. She's just the bomb.com. So if you don't know who she is, Google her immediately and just understand that I think we're going to be best friends one day. I really think that's where, I really think that's where my life is heading. (laughs) But Anyway, she just wrote a song on Bethel Worship's new album. And I love Bethel. I love all worship. I love Bethel and Hillsong and Elevation and Jesus Culture. And I'm here for Upper Room and for all of it. And so I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty about whether or not you believe fully in everyone's theology or eschatology or whatever. Forget all that. I think that worship is awesome. And I'm really a big fan of Bethel and all of those guys. But... There's a new song on their new album called Revivals in the Air. And Melissa wrote it. And man, it is something else. That one really gets me going. Every time it starts playing, Everett's like, oh, mom's going to go crazy. And it's true. I just, I got to scream it out. I got to just sing and dance in the kitchen. It's awesome. And I love, she actually released a, a video about the song, kind of her song story. And you can find it on, on her Instagram where she talks about her inspiration for why she wrote the song and what it came out of. One of the things she talks about in the song story is that revival has had this word, this connotation about, you know, big tents and events and a movement of God that lasts for a moment and then goes away. And rather recognizing that we're in the middle of an awakening, that the church is waking up and that revival is about sustaining that awakening And that's really what I feel right now. That's really, really where I'm at. It's why it's why I'm so passionate about the Hey There podcast. It's it's really not just about the podcast. It's really even not about the Hey There brand. It's about me being passionate about seeing people connect fully to their true selves, getting healthy so that we can be living revivalists completely awake to who God is, to who he created us to be, to our own purpose on the planet and living in that sustained awakening, awakening our souls 
to who he is and what he's doing and to sustain that revival for the rest of our lives. Not for a moment at a meeting, you know, where there's prayer and worship. No, but that our homes are sustaining revival, that around the dinner table we're sustaining revival, that our neighborhoods are experiencing revival. And um, guys, that stuff just gets me so excited. (laughs) So here's your homework. Go listen to Revivals in the Air by Melissa Helser. It's on Bethel's newest album. And um, yeah, let me know what you think, you guys. Catch me on my socials, as always. Would love to hear from you. Reach out. Um, send me a little message. It is time now for me to go to Starbucks, get my nails done, head in for my appointment. And uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this little mini car episode of the Hey There podcast. And I will catch you next time. <laughs>